Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason, joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And we are joined again by Dom. Triple D's, what it do? All right, all right, all right. And as you guys know, hey, man, <clears throat> we're here for the weekend. So we go over all of the games starting way back on Friday. So let's get into it. First off, we had the Celtics and the Pacers. Again, the Pacers on ESPN for reasons that remain unclear. They live on ESPN at 7 o'clock. And in this game, the Celtics, who were on a five-game losing streak, ended up beating them 118 to 112. In this game, Sabonis, 7 for 12, 24 points. Wasn't really the problem in this one, but it was Malcolm Brogdon. It's like one of those two always shoots terribly. He was 5 of 17 with 12 points and six assists in this one. Uh, for the Celtics, Kimba Walker went crazy, 32 points, six assists for him on 10 and 19 shooting. Um, even though Tatum went four of 18 with only nine points, they end up winning the game. Darnell, what'd you see here? Yeah, this one, I was a surprise, actually. I didn't think the Celtics were going to be able to pull it out, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum both struggled, but Kimba happened to have a best, probably the best game he's had in like two years. He got good production off the bench. And obviously for the for the Pacers, they just didn't get enough off their bench. And just not enough overall. Like they got to get more stops. Obviously 118 is a lot to give up. But the Pacers are one of those mediocre teams that's in the East fighting for a playoff spot and trying to contend for home court. So they're going to continue to be an up-and-down team. I think if they want to really, you know, lock in a playoff spot, they're going to have to wait until Karis LeVert gets back. So the Celtics, on the other hand, they're up-and-down team. I'm sure we'll get into them later. So they're a team that's – trying to dig out of that hole that they're being in, trying to get back to 500. And right now they're one step closer. Yep. Dom, what would you say out of this one? Saw a great game out of Kemba. <clears throat> like I've said for a, a lot of times, a lot of times when he has a good game, I won't say every time, but like most times he has a good game, they have a better chance of winning just because he's their best playmaker on, on top of, you know, when he's scoring along with them, even though he was the only one of the three to really be scoring, he just got other people involved more. So you see Tice at his 17, you know, which doesn't normally happen. And then Robert Williams, he came, he came through with 14. Even Jeff Z came through with 14. So, you know, it was just – this is one of the rare occasions where the backups and, like, the other role players were really able to, you know, contribute in ways that the two that the other two stars weren't really able to I mean Jalen Brown was cool 5 of 12 or 15 but normally if he only scored 15 and Tatum only scored 9 then they're probably not going to many games but because Kemba was right there you know that helped that helped a lot yeah, the Pacers are a team that can't really play great defense um, so everyone kind of had more opportunities to score than they would against a good team and that's pretty much, hey, man, it is what it is. Um, 
So a big one for the Celtics to be, like Darnell said, a mediocre Eastern Conference teams. But guess what? That's like all but three of the teams. So it so, really is. <laughs> so any one of those wins is a big win. And if we being real, it really is all but two. <laughs> yeah. Because that third seed. Nah, nah, I can't say that. Nah, yeah, it's, it's three at least. I'll I'll say three, but barely. One of them, though, speaking of which, trying Two to make a push. <laughs> whatever. One of them trying to make a push for it to be that fourth is the Heat. They end up beating the Jazz 124-116. Um, in this game, Don Mitchell, 11 for 26. When he's Normally inefficient, so 30 points for him. What happened, though, is Clarkson, 4 for 17, rare off game for him, 13 points. If he's going to do that and Mitchell's going to do what he does, that just isn't going to be enough. They still did end up scoring 116. But for the Heat, Goran Dragic being back, and he has been explosive since he's come back, 26 points, 9 of 15 off the bench. Jimmy Butler was amazing, 12 for 21, got to the free throw line 11 times, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, just was not going to lose this game. Dom, what'd you see out of this one? I mean, basically, you know, the starters pretty much rivaled each other in terms of production. It was pretty even, but what it came down to was Drazic had more than, you know, Ingles and Clarkson combined. <laughs> so, you know, he, he was able to he was able to contribute, and then Iggy came through with eight and Gabe, and Gabe Benson hit a three. So, you know, the, the best just gave him a little more than, than the Jazz had for the most part. And yeah, any game where where Clarkson's only going to have 13, because what was he average? He averaged 18. Yeah. So, like, you know, normally he's closer to the 20 range. So, normally in those games, if he had his 20, they probably would have won. So, you know, yeah. Yep. Darnell, what'd you see on this one? Yeah, this one for me, it was about the Heat. And I was watching this game, and Jimmy Butler was playing a lot of point guard out there, which was surprising to see, but not really that surprising because his numbers, he's getting high assist numbers. So he almost had a triple-double. He's been playing well this year. They've figured out, obviously, Duncan Robinson, how to get him involved more. Kendrick Nunn's been unlocked. And the return of Goran Dragic. No Tyler Hero for this game, but, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about another team, but he's healthy at this point today. And the Heat are a team that's going to be dangerous because they're a team that has experience. They've been there before. They're a team that's gelling at the right moment heading into the All-Star break. So for Utah, it's tough because – Anytime you don't get that production off your bench from Jordan Clarkson, it puts a lot more stress on your starters. And Bogdanovich, he had 17, but he was a minus 18 out there. He was really killing them. They were just finding him and hunting him down and attacking him all game long. And they just didn't have enough answers. But Utah's obviously one of the best teams in the league. They can play with anybody and even on their off nights, they still don't get blown out, so that's still a great sign to see. Yeah, it was an off night for them and a rare night where the Heat kind of put it together, at least at certain points defensively. They held them to 22 in the fourth quarter. 
um, which is how they kind of got away in this one. So a big one for the Heat as they try to climb back. Um, moving on, the Warriors beat the Hornets 130-121. Third straight win for the Warriors and a big one as Draymond Green went crazy. Um, 19 assists for him. He did have 11 points of 5A shooting, but 19 is ridiculous. A plus 23. Steph as well. 29 points, 9 assists, 8 for 15. And Kelly Uber has been amazing so far in this recent stretch of February, or was it February, 11 for 15, 27 points. I think he averaged 21 a game in February, so Uber coming back. And that's why I see the team just being a lot more efficient and a lot better. Um, as for the Hornets, LaMelo Ball, 22 points, 6 assists. Uh, Terry Rozier, 24, but it just was not enough. And Malik Monk, again, 25 points. Try to tell y'all, keep sleeping on Malik Monk off the bench, man. Fighting for the six, man. He's going to keep scoring 25 or 30. But anyway, Dom, what did you see out of this one? I mean, you see Devontae Graham didn't play, so they missed a little bit out there, you know. They missed a little bit of their point guard play. He's been – even though he doesn't get the, the numbers like that, you know, he's still a pretty important player to the team. They're also missing Cody Zeller. So, you know, they're missing their center as well. So, Charlotte was missing a few people. Golden State was pretty much healthy at this point. But, yeah, there's not, there was just nothing they could do to stop Steph. And I'm, I'm sure that Oubre and Steph were playing together for the most part, seeing they had the same plus minus. And Draymond at that point. So, you know, in, in fact, they all had similar minutes too. So they were probably just all getting involved with each other. I, I it, it was going to take a little while to gel. But I did think – but, you know, I was saying from the start, I think Oubre – I thought from the start Oubre was going to be a very important piece of his team just because he's one of the ones that can sort of play off the offense. That's what he was doing in Washington with, like, John Wall and Bradley Beal. And when he came to Phoenix, that's what he was doing with, like, Devin Booker and, and Ricky Rubio and all that. So it really just took a while for them to gel. But now that they're starting to gel and everything, you know, we're seeing what – the Warriors are capable of, you know, they're definitely a playoff contending team. Uh, again, I, I don't know if you still think they're a fourth seed capable, like a top four seed capable, but I definitely think they can be like a sixth or something like that, sixth or seventh. Maybe even they're, they're going to be somewhere between like six and nine, I think. But yeah, I mean, Charlotte's still on the rise. Charlotte's right in the playoff picture too in the East, though. They're like the ninth seed right now, so they'll probably be in a playing tournament. It'll be interesting to see who they play. But for tonight, you know, they were just missing a couple people, and they were never going to be going to state with anybody missing. So, I mean, the Warriors, to me, they would be fourth, except they just – the conference there is too tough. Like, they'd be third, fourth in the East right now. So. But anyway, uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, for this one, it's really simple. Like, when Draymond plays, like, the best point guard in the league, the Warriors are going to be unstoppable because Steph, Steph Curry can play, like, the best shooting guard in the league or the best point guard in the league, depending on how he wants to play that night. And we know Golden State's offense, it's a lot of screens, a lot of, you know, movement. And having their centers back is crucial for them because they had Looney back. They have Wiseman coming off the bench. And – 
they've been playing a lot of small ball with Draymond at the five, but just having the possibility of playing big is key for them to, you know, just have balance on their roster. And for the Hornets, it's they had a shot. You know, they scored 121 points, but they missed 10 free throws, 22 of 32 as a team. And, you know, that's not great. You probably want to convert on a little more than that. And, you know, like Dom said, just not having Devontae out there, not having Cody Zeller is tough because, you know, they're playing against a really high-powered high team, and they just didn't have enough uh, firepower to keep up. That man, Bismack Biondo, went out there for 12 minutes and was a minus 24. So, Damn. yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad, Bismack. You're supposed to be a defender, and he just went out there and got killed. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, obviously, Miss Cody Zeller. Um, but it was interesting. Their scoring was completely unlocked because they didn't have a center out there. And um, yeah. as we saw, P.J. Watson score 42. Just something to look forward to. Um, going- well, we know. We know Miami and Golden State kind of, kind of make that you know a real popular thing. You know, yep. going without a center, small ball. Well, not as much Miami because Chris Bosh was still like six ten, but like especially with like Draymond, Golden State really made that happen right there. So if anybody wants to go small ball with them, they right there with them. <laughs> yep. True. True. Moving on. The Lakers end up being the Blazers 109-93 in this game. Both teams scoring only 17 points in the fourth quarter. The game went down to a crawl, but the Lakers end up winning it. Damian Lillard, 11 for 24, 35.7 assists. Wasn't enough to get this win. Uh, As you look at the Lakers, 28 28 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists for LeBron. shooting, And Dennis Schroeder came back with 22 points. On six of 14 shooting. Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, this one, it's, you know, we've been wondering how bad the Lakers are going to play without Anthony Davis. And one of the other keys to their struggles was they didn't have a point guard. Well, they had a point guard, obviously, in LeBron, but they didn't have Schroeder out there. And his return, he had 22, you know, Six of 14 from the field. LeBron had his normal, you know, great game, 28, 11, and 7. And they got Trez off the bench doing what he normally does. He's been producing more since Anthony Davis has been out. He was a plus 22 with his 17 and 9. And, you know, for Portland, it comes down to if they can make their three-point shots. And, obviously, Gary Trent was 2 of 11. That's not great. They probably want to, you know, have him shoot a little better than that. But, you know, off nights happen. And they didn't really get a lot of bench production. So if there's going to be so much stress on Damian Lillard to score 35 and he's going to do it on, you know, less than efficient scoring, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for Portland. And Portland was playing against the defending champions and, they played him in the playoffs last year, so they know what they were getting into. But without CJ out there, without, you know, Nurkic having any or not be on the bench so he can, you know, give you that bench production, it's going to be tough for them to compete against, you know, the elite teams. And that's what happened on Saturday mm-hmm. or Friday. Yeah. Dom, what'd you say? Well, for one, I do want to give Miller 
credit because like eleven for twenty four, <laughs> like that's pretty. That's not quite inefficient. <laughs> that's, that's, like, no, I said not, it's less than. It, I I consider anything less than fifty percent less than fifty. Uh, okay, but um, yeah, it just came. It just came down to um, you know, Schroeder being back, Schroeder alleviating some pressure outside uh, off of LeBron. His shoulder is really the only other one out there that can really create his own shot. Like Kuzma can do it, but like he he does he can't do it quite as well as Schroeder can. So you know it just helped alleviate some of the pressure off of LeBron. And you know he he you know and the and the Trailblazers don't play that great defense. And again, if they're going to be missing Lillard and their um other other scorers are going to be have off nights like. Even though Trent was eight for twenty, well, that's forty percent. So you know, he was relatively inefficient. Robert Covington went out there and did nothing. Um, you know, and if and, <laughs> and Carmel, I mean, zero for five from three. He's been he's actually been improving recently his shooting. So you know, this is one of the first games in a while, or at least one of the of of the more recent past that he's had a bad game. About shooting wise, but you know, Simons was only out there five minutes and he didn't provide much offense, neither did Carmelo. And if those are going to be your bench scores and they're not going to give you anything, then you're not going to be able to beat the Lakers. Yeah, I think it's as simple as the Lakers didn't have to play Wesley Matthews as much and Shorter was back, and that's less time <laughs> Wesley Matthews got to be out there being useless. And so their offense and their defense improved. and. Blazers just caught him at the wrong time on this one. Um, but moving on to Saturday night, the Mavericks end up snapping the Nets' long winning streak. Of course, no Kyrie Irving for this one and no Kevin Durant. He's been on for a while. But the Mavs still get the win. Um, Luka went out there, 27 points, 7 assists, 11 for 21 shooting. They also had Porzingis back. Seven for 13 shooting and 18 points for him. And for the Nets, James Harden tried 29 points, six assists, seven rebounds. It's forcing it a little bit, six turnovers, but he kind of had to. No one else really doing anything. TLC went out there 24 minutes, two for 12, starting for Kyrie Irving, minus 32. Um, Dom, what'd you see out of this one? All right, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? <laughs> yeah, this one was about, you know, the Nets obviously not having their two or their second and third or their big three and having so much to be on James Harden's shoulders. James Harden was 9 of 21 from the field. You know, he only had six assists. When his assist numbers aren't high, you know, that's a sign that, you know, they're not making a lot of shots as a team. They shot 40% from the field overall. That's not great. You know, and Dallas kind of just blitzed them, you know. They won the first quarter, 38-26. The second – the third quarter, they really – Brooklyn really scored, struggled, only scoring 18. So, Luka Doncic, you know, does what he normally does, putting up his great games. He had 27. Obviously, they got some production off the bench from Tim Hardaway, who's been thriving in his six-man role even though he was only 4-12 from the field with his 13, but he was a plus five. And Jalen Brunson has been playing like one of the best backup point guards in the league. He had he played 26 minutes and he was 14 points and plus six. And 
you know, no big takeaways for for me because obviously we know not many teams. Dallas isn't a great defensive team, and holding Brooklyn to under 100 points is not something that you're going to see often. And the biggest it, the biggest reason for that was just not having Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor. Yep, absolutely, Dom, you there now? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So what, what it came yeah what it came down to for me like we picked this game separately, but um you know what it just came down to is that the the Mavericks were just more healthy. Well, I'll, I'll even know if uh Kyrie or Katie are hurt, but you know they were just there was just more of them there. You know the, the court Porzingis came back. We know Porzingis is an important piece of the team. He because he'll give you like a, a solid like. 18, 20, anywhere between like 15 and 25 is about what he gives you regularly. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then Luca continuing to play well. I mean, here's how I looked at it. I'm like, if Luca and Harden going to be the same exact person, then who's going to have more, more with them, <laughs> honestly? Because like, even before the game, Harden was like, you know, he played like he was, he was praising him. He was like, you know, he, he, he's one of the bright spots in our future, you know. He, he, he Dallas got a good one with him, basically. And, like, while it's true, it's, it's something it's something when you basically looking in the mirror. <laughs> with, when that dude basically got your same style of play type thing. So, you know, I was just like, if they're going to be the same person, play the exact same way, then it's just going to be a matter of who has more talent with them. And for tonight – the Mavericks just had more players available than the Nets did, so. Yeah, if TLC you want to shoot it 12 times for no reason, that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> no fucking reason. Anyway, moving on, the Knicks beat the Pacers 110-107, another loss for the Pacers. I honestly am surprised that they're this close to 500, but they're 15 and 17. I feel like they just lose all the time, but they did start off hot. Uh, so it makes sense. Another game for the Knicks where Alfred Payton did not start because he was injured. D-Rose starts 17 points, 11 assists. He's looking great right now. Starting lineup for them. RJ Barrett, April 17, 24 points for him. And Julius Randle, 12 for 22, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Right on that other dude, Sabonis, who people were complaining he didn't get in. Sabonis, 5 for 10, 15 points, 9 assists, 5 turnovers. Um, and again, no one really good enough. They didn't have Brog. Oh, yeah, they didn't have Brogdon for this one. Um, so they really couldn't quite get that same production. Even though McConnell 17 to 12 just wasn't quite enough. They needed someone else off that bench and they didn't get it. Um, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? Bro, I just looked, bro. They, they did not have to play that dude the whole game. <laughs> yes, they did. They clearly they didn't have did. To play him forty six minutes. My God, they did. He's they their best player. Him. They played him like Jimmy Butler played in the finals, bro. What the hell? Oh, forty six minutes. He's their I mean, best player. He is their best player, but he's off the court for two minutes, and they lost the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well. <laughs> If TJ gonna have to play forty fucking six minutes, I'm sure he was just gassed at the end. But I mean, when it comes down to yeah, um, the Pacers, 
for the I mean, they're already missing most of their scoring right now with Levert. Well, we don't even know how Levert's gonna play in this offense, but they're missing a lot of scoring with Levert and TJ, obviously, and then they're missing even more with Brogdon, even though I don't know if Brogdon would have helped either because he was he liable to shoot five of five of twenty at any, any given day as well. Yes. So <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a of an impact he had, but I think it's just more for the Knicks, you know, at first, you know, they were playing all these, they were playing hard as shit, strong as shit, you know, they were getting tired and everything like that, and they ain't know how to handle it, but there's one guy, there's one guy who keeps running back to it, so, you know, <laughs> he used to it already, he used to, he used to not yeah. breathing out there, he used to the hard pressure, he played 37 minutes, he old, he old, and he'd been through like 20 injuries. But he still go out there. He still fight for Thibodeau. He went out there. He was a plus 11, 17 points, 11 assists, getting everybody involved. You know, Julius Randle's been keeping up with his. If the Knicks were a better team, which they're a good team, like I, I'd say, I honestly think they're they're probably like the the fourth fourth best team in the East right now. Even though Toronto has a better record, I think the Knicks have been looking a little better than them. But, um, you know, if the Knicks were a little better, Julius Randle would be a top 10 MVP candidate for sure. But, you know, he's been – because he's just been playing amazing this season. R.J. Barrett had a good game with 24 points. And, you know, quickly didn't even have to be amazing today. He only had 10, but that's all he needed against this draft-ass team. Good job. I know who are your thoughts. Yeah, this one, this one was about the Knicks, and, you know, they didn't have their, you know, normal point guard out there, but they had Derrick Rose inserted into the starting lineup the last few games, but he's been playing amazing, 17 and 11. And knowing Thibodeau, like, it might – normally t- players don't lose their spots off of injuries, but this might be a special case. I don't know if Derrick Rose is going to – you know, give up that starting point guard spot. He might be the starter going forward if they can continue to play like this. And obviously, Julius Randle's been playing at the same level that he's been playing at all year, which is a high level, all star level, 28, 10, six assists. RJ Barrett, eight for 17, four of six overall from four of six from three. Excuse me. I think if he can make threes, you know, that really unlocks his game because it doesn't put the playmaking responsibility on his shoulders. It allows Derrick Rose to do some of that. And he could just, you know, do what he does naturally and that's just score the basketball. And it defines a role for quickly. It allows him to be that six man off the bench. That's instant offense. He only played 13 minutes, but I I, I don't see that being something that's going to continue. I think his minutes will increase. Well, knowing Thibodeau, as much as he plays his starters, who knows how much minutes he gets off the bench. And for the Pacers, obviously, you don't want your point guard to play 46 minutes. That's a lot to ask for any point guard in this league, especially in a regular – in a meaningless regular season game in February. And, you know, not having Brogdon out there is tough for them. They didn't really have that point guard out there that's going to attack the – you know, head of the snake. McConnell is more of a facilitator. I'm going to get the ball. I'm a scorer when, you know, the 
it comes to me, Brogdon is more of a I'm going to attack you and try to get a bucket. Force this bitch up. <laughs> exactly. And they only lost by one possession, so maybe he would have been a difference. I think he would have been the wrong difference. McConnell's the best player <laughs> on that team. I don't care. I've seen them play enough. Like, oh, this dude really is the best player. He was like good. He was... Warren and Glover get back, but he's the best player. Fuck's a bonus. Fuck Brogdon. He comes in the game. That's why they knew. They're like, and it's not meaningless because them dudes are trash. They need every win they can get. They see it. They see what's happening. They're like, oh, shit, we lost to the Celtics. Not the Celtics, bro. <laughs> so they already knew they needed a win. And the Knicks were not letting it happen. Now, um, TJ Bendis, though. TJ yeah, Bendis exactly. doing this, even on the 76ers. Yeah, he was nice on the Sixers. Yeah. For the Knicks, yeah, Alfred Payton can – man, they wanted to trade him anyway. They might as well just go to hell ahead. Just get, just honestly, send him to Orlando already. Damn it. Honestly. <laughs> send him right back. No, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. And, like, Rivers, Austin, Austin Rivers, and, and Alfred Payton actually play similarly. And the team works better without both of them. So – it's something about their style of play that just doesn't fit the Knicks style of play. It seems like the Knicks are like like with with Austin Rivers, especially like in Houston the last two years, his role was a lot different. His role really was to just stand there and kind of wait for the ball type thing. Mm-hmm. And because Harden was mainly the point guard. And even and he could facilitate, but it was just mainly like Harden show there, obviously. But like it seems like this this team seems like a real fast pace up and down, run the floor, play a bunch of minutes, just out tired. Just like you know, Thibodeau have them have them working so hard. They just don't get as tired as easy as everybody else. So, you know, that's I think that's what it comes down to. And it, it seems like everybody out here just plays with a bunch of energy for real. So I don't know if Peyton and Rivers play that same way, but it seems like their style of play just doesn't fit the Knicks style of play. It's not about energy. It's because Alfred Payton can't shoot. That's literally yeah. the difference. And he shoots it too much. <laughs> so it's, not, it's about energy. Alfred Payton is the guy who can't shoot. So I'd imagine guy for another point guard who can't shoot. But you know what? That other point guard who can't shoot was playing great, and he's hurt. So get your old point guard who can't shoot and just call it a day. Just, so who do they trade for him? I remember who they trade Alfred Payton for, but I know he was on the Magic before, so they might as well. No, no, I said who do they trade him? For? It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> Mo Bamba. Damn, Alfred. Mo Bamba out of there anyway. Alfred for Mo Bamba right now. I thought we was trying to send him to the Lakers. Lakers aren't doing star. anything. Lakers are sitting there we're not trying. doing it. So you know what? We try to turn him into a song, bro. <laughs> New York. What do you mean? Yeah, that is New York. It's New York. Shaq West right there. In New <laughs> York. Yeah, man. Shaq West. They they actually he is from New York. Him yeah. and Shaq West are both from New York. So, yeah, that could work. Jay Z Mo Bamba remix. Oh shit! What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I sound disgusted. <laughs> it does sound I bad. Jay- you know I want your no Mo Bamba. What the fuck? I need it. How about that? Oh, that would be hilarious. You can have that. It would be so funny. 
It would be <laughs> so funny. Bro, Make it happen. So many- Make it happen, Knicks. There are so many motherfuckers. For one, he was part of the Nets. He's not even involved with the Knicks for one. Hey. <laughs> Bobby Schmurda. Mo Bamba Rebix. God. Give it to me right now. <laughs> I'm I'm interested in that one actually. Get in the studio. Yeah, now that one. <laughs> I need it. Not no fucking Jay Z though. That's fair. <laughs> I was just thinking about Empire State of Mind, but you know what? It took me a minute. We're here. Bobby, Bobby is right there. Bobby a boot a boogie. <laughs> Bro, no. I don't fucking want a boogie on it. No way. Hey, Boogie. Boogie can't go on that bitch singing, bro. <laughs> he can't go on Mama singing, bro. That's just not going to work. I got, got it right there. Bobby, Bobby, Schmer, Bobby Schmerder right there. Already outdated. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> already outdated. He already outdated. Like, he might as well go ahead, ease his way up to the time. <laughs> Mo to the next, make Mo, it happen. Make it happen, Orlando. Mo Bamba sitting right there. <laughs> oh, you said go to Brooklyn? <laughs> go to, nah, go to the Knicks. Not Brooklyn. That's too much oh. pressure. Mo Bamba got to ease his way back to the NBA before we send him. Oh shit! <laughs> Weren't you just trying to send him to the fucking Lakers? The one yeah, that did the one that's LeBron. You know, there's no pressure. I mean, when you play with LeBron, it's a little different in the playoffs. You really just got to be there. I feel like with the Nets, yeah. they might ask him to do some shit. Because he really could just be he – he would definitely take DeAndre Jordan's job, whether any of them wanted yeah. that to happen or not. It would just happen naturally. Because <laughs> – I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, DeAndre Jordan is a rap over it. DeAndre bad. Jordan a rap after They're this They're looking shit. for anybody the fuck else. So, <laughs> yeah, they'll take they'll take Andre Drummond, bum ass. <laughs> so, bro, you can do you can do five reverse layups a game, but at least play, at least get a rebound. Damn it! Don't just get yeah. I thought you were about to say play some defense. Other than that. I was gonna say that, and then I, I remember who I was game. talking about. Now nah, he's gonna play defense with them, but you know, hey man. Let's... All right, man. Moving on to another close contest, the Spurs. End up being the Pelicans 117-114. Zion just did what he does. 8-15 shooting, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, Ingram 11 for 23, 29 points. Good game from Ingram, but it was not enough. As Alonzo, 6-17 from the field. Bledsoe, 6-13 from the field. And like they always do, getting cooked on the other end is DeRozan, 11 for 18, 32 points, 11 assists. Murray, 7 for 16, 18.7 assists. And Lonnie Walker, 17.714. So I don't know who they were guarding. Whoever they were guarding was cooking them. And that's just how that went. Aldridge off the bench, 21 points, 5 of 10 shooting for him and 10 for 10 for the line. Um, so, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, it, this one's about the Spurs. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan has always been a good player but he's not a three-point shooter. And it's interesting how Pops went about trying to get more out of DeRozan. He's not leaning on forcing him to be something that he's not. He's put the ball in his hands, and he's allowed him to play a lot of point guard. And 
DeRozan had 11 assists, only one turnover. That's amazing. It's a role that's new to him because Kyle Lowry took on the shoulders of that while he was in Toronto. So the Spurs are one of those teams that, you know, you can never count out because they're obviously they're going to be well coached. They're going to play the right way. And they have depth. They had Marcus Aldridge coming off the bench. He gave you 21. Obviously, you'll take that any day of the week. Patty Mills gave you 13 on four of 10 from three. You'll take that as well, you know. And for New Orleans, they just are a team that just can't get a lot of – they're another one of those teams that just can't get stops. And, you know, they get the offensive production from the guys that they needed to. And Brandon Ingram scoring 29 and Zion scoring 23 with 14 rebounds, but – they can't waste good games that Lonzo and Bledsoe have. It's rare that they give you double-digit or team scoring. And Bledsoe gave you 19, Lonzo gave you 16, and they just didn't give anything off the bench. Josh Hart was an 0 of 8, 0 of 6 from 3. If, you know, he's going to shoot that – if he's going to struggle that bad, then they're probably going to lose games where they don't defend. Dang, Josh, I need Dom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was about to say, I, I was about to say, yeah, look, I, like you said, you say it's a good game for Lonzo, but I was looking at him like, uh, he shot 6 to 17 from the floor. He, he, like, he not good, he not a good scorer, but he is shooting like 43% from the field. The third, he's shooting 39% from three, so for him to go 3 and 12 from three, you know, he hasn't been shooting that bad. For, for most of this season, at least for the most recent stretch. But, you know, I think what it came down to is if Josh Hart won't be that bad, they only lost by three. I mean, is is yeah. one name to look at, you know? So I think if Josh Hart made one more one – of, one of his shots, you know, I think they probably could have won this game. So, yeah, I think it just came down to, you know – Lonzo, Lonzo and Josh start struggling out there, struggling with their efficiency. And again, even though Lonzo don't really score too much, you know, his numbers are at least a little more efficient than this normally. So, And Alexander Walker, you know, if he's going to be the J.J. replacement, then, you know, he just, like, just a little more than six points. If he gave him even huh? 10. <laughs> if he gave him even 10, you know. When does JJ give him ten? What? I'm just saying, if he's gonna be the replacement, yeah, I will not take Alexander Walker slander when he just hit two or two from deep. I won't do it. You can slander Josh. I I slander him. No slander. I ain't slander him at all. Hey man, they took JJ Redick out and they lost five missed shots. Josh just got to make them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be the shooter off the bench. Without taking JJ off the floor, like you gotta go, you gotta make more than all of six. Yeah, you gotta make one shot, or, or at least, <laughs> at least, let, or at least you, let you gotta go one to eight. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> you at least go one to eight. You can't go zero for if you go one to eight. <laughs> like it's yeah. still a game. Oh, if he went two for eight, they would have blew them out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. Let's get this over with. <laughs> Moving on, man. Cavs beat the Sixers in overtime, 112-109. Sixers suck. Y'all know my thoughts, my feelings on this team. That's um, very dismissive it, of what actually happened. That's okay. You got, That's why we have you guys. Colin Sexton, 11 for 27. 28 points in the game. Garland, 9 for 24. He had 25 in this one. Um, Embiid, 42 points, 13 rebounds. His assist was not enough. Ben Simmons, 24 points, 11 for 17 shooting, um, seven turnovers, eight assists, seven rebounds. Curry, awful game. Worst one he's had as a sixer. One for 13 out there, one for seven from deep. Still somehow he's a plus seven. Strange, but whatever. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? I'm here to walk you off the ledge, man. <laughs> it wasn't so bad for your sixers, but this game, you know, it was about a dominant Joel Embiid. Obviously, you know, with no D or no Andre Drummond, it's going to be Jared Allen. He's a lot younger, and he's a lot smaller than Embiid. So Embiid pretty much had his way the entire game. A lot of his – he got a lot of garbage time points to get to 42, but he was still dominant all game long. Ben Simmons as well even though he only had eight assists with his seven turnovers, he was still out there being impactful on the floor. We were talking about him being one of the better defenders in the league. This was a matchup where he did probably didn't have the speed advantage. Colin Sexton was getting to his spots, scored 28, but he did it on 11 of 27 shooting. So that's not, you know, too much or that's not, crazy or he didn't give up you know a great explosive night Darius Garland was ineffective 9 of 24 but he scored a career high 25 so you take that any day of the week and this game it was it was really about no Tobias Harris and maybe Tobias Harris really is the MVP of the Sixers that we have talking about (laughs) maybe because when no Tobias Harris is out there, you know, you lose against a team like the Cavs. But obviously that's a joke. But I think I think they needed that third score, that third consistent score. And Shake Milton wasn't doing it. And Seth Curry was awful out there. Like, he couldn't buy a bucket. He got open looks time after time. And it just felt like had he made one of them or two of them, they were, like, going to be backbreakers. But – you know, they just never fail. And he was one of 13 with his four points. Dom, what were your thoughts? Y'all took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> he, he's not there. They don't win games. We know the fuck what ESPN had a point. ESPN might have had a point. They were trying <laughs> to force us this narrative. But damn it is right there in my face now. And be 42, 13, and 6. Ben Simmons 24, 7 to 8. But you know what? They're missing an extra 20 points a game right there. So if Tobias not gonna be out there, then you feel me, they're gonna lose the teams like the Cavs. So it just it just shows even more that, you know, it just shows it just shows how strong the team is when everybody's healthy. But when you're at this point, if you're missing any of the three, then you know. It, it, at this point, <clears throat> you really can't say it's a big three right now. So, 
you know, if you're missing any one of the three, then they're going to struggle to win any game just because even though the bench is a lot better than it's been in the past, because just like a year or two ago, y'all were like one of the worst benches of all time. But, you know, if you're missing any of the three, then you're just going to miss a lot of offensive production. And for a team that can't score like the Cavs, you know, that, that, just, that just shows a lot about how important Tobias is, so. So, yeah, all that's nice and good. This is exactly why we're not going to beat the Nets. Because I've seen them miss any one of the three and be completely fine this year. We miss any of them. We completely – we can't beat anybody. So you know what? <laughs> Amen. Proof is right. It's literally right. Shit, if we miss Seth Curry, we can't beat anybody. Y'all just won without Seth, though. Whatever. Y'all just won without Seth. <laughs> Doesn't look quite as good. You know what? Fine. Maybe you can you can have Seth. Seth. Whatever. If we miss any of the three, we can't beat anybody. And I've seen the Nets go on winning streaks without any one of them. So yeah, without any of them. <laughs> so hey man, they start winning games without any of the three. <laughs> <laughs> then you know what? They got the title on wraps. I don't care no more. Pretty much. It's over. I had no problem with it. <clears throat> anyway, man, moving on. First, all right, let's go here. The Hawks lost to the Heat with no Jimmy Butler out there. Jeez, 109-99. Um, the Heat not known as a great defensive team, especially this year, but they could stop one guy. Trey Young, three for 14, seven turnovers, 15 points. So it was a plus nine out there, but. Not good enough. Gallinari, two for 10. We know if he doesn't score, he's a walking minus. He's a minus 18. Rondo, 12 minutes, minus 17. Not a great team. So even though Collins, who they want to trade so bad, had 34 points and 10 rebounds, was not enough to beat the Heat. In this game, Kendrick Nunn, eight for 15, 24 points for him. Bam, 16 points, 13 rebounds. Don't really play great, but they really did play very good defense. Um, Dom, what'd you see out of this one? I'm looking at one thing. I see three of 24 for between the three from, from the three-point line. If all, if all three of them go on this every single three, <laughs> like if these are your supposed three-point shooters and Trey Young, Kevin Werder, and Danilo Gallinari, and then they're going to shoot three of 24, then there's just no way they're going to beat anybody because their whole team is based upon three-point shooting. So, you know, I think that's what it came down to more of anything. You know, the Heat were able to have a good collaborative effort out there. You know, they weren't really able to stop Kendrick Nunn too much. You know, uh, uh, Dragic had Dragic had 13. Tyler had 14. It was just a well-rounded effort between everybody. But if Atlanta's going – if Atlanta's going to employ a whole bunch of three-point shooters and then all three of them – that, that are playing because remember Bonjanovic also isn't there, which he would have been other other three point shooters. But if the three main three point shooters are going to shoot three for twenty four, there's just no way they're going to win any games. Nope. Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this one's is it's interesting because you know obviously there's no Jimmy Butler out there dealing with a knee injury, I believe, and I think. Tyler Hero 
No, Tyler Hero was out there the game before. So they had Tyler Hero out there. He scored 14 off the bench, 14 for Precious. <laughs> and Kendrick Nunn's just been balling as of late. Like, I don't know what's gotten into him, but he seemed to wake up out of his funk. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it was just about, yeah, getting the opportunity for him. But he's making the most of it heading into the deadline. Maybe he's trying to show us something. But yeah. Goran Dragic was entered into the starting lineup. You know, he came off the bench previously. And he didn't he didn't give what Jimmy Butler gives on the night basis. But having Kendrick Nunn there to score 24, it kind of, you know, balanced things out a little bit. And they got an off – they had an off-shoot night from Duncan Robinson, who was one of eight from three. 12-9 overall, but like Dom said, man, if Atlanta's going to go 3 of 24 from their best shooters and 8 of 35 overall, then they're not going to win games. Like, they're a team that won most of their games earlier in the year by scoring a lot of points. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league, but not scoring 100, like, that's not a recipe for them to win. They need Trey Young to be a 20-point scorer. He needs to play like an all-star. He's not an all-star this year, but he was an all-star starter last year. Like, that's – you know how rare that is to go from all-star starter to not making it with no major stole injury? Bradley spot. <laughs> stole, straight like, stole Bradley spot. Straight Bradley spot. Exactly. Like, the bench was horrible for Atlanta. Like, they're a team that I, – I didn't have high hopes for them this season, but – I didn't think that it would look this bad, and it's looking a lot worse than I anticipated. Yeah, we we me and Demetrius saying saying their praises real high, and they're really disappointing us right now. <laughs> I mean, this is just one of the teams that needs all their players to be there, and they haven't had them since the first five games yeah. of the season. So if you're not gonna have Bogdanovich, yeah. you're not gonna have Hunter. They're just not good. It's not a good yeah. team. And by the way, Trey, as bad as he's been, he is still – I saw this. I just had to look it up. because I, This is what I thought. He is still somehow 10th in the league in scoring and third in assists. So, I mean, you could give it to him over Jalen Brown. Fuck that, dude. I was thinking about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, oh, man. Is that how we're about to segue into the a, next one? Nah, we can't even go there yet. I, we can't go there yet. We can't. I would have been a good one, but I can't go there yet. But <laughs> only because actually, yeah, let's go there. Fuck it, who cares? All right, man. God, couldn't even talk about the Hawks in the Heat. We got too excited. Moving <laughs> on, because <laughs> it's our two favorite teams playing right now, bro. These are these are the Hawks. two teams that drive the entire podcast, and they played to a one point game because, of course, they did. Um, <laughs> the Wizards lose to the Celtics coming up short. Damn it, man. 111. <laughs> um, Bradley Beal doing what he does. What else is new? 16 for 29, 46 points. Did have five turnovers, including one late turnover to hate to see. It was very, I mean, I compared this guy to him and I said the same reason. That Bradley Beal doesn't want to leave is why Zach Levine doesn't want to leave. They're great scorers, but maybe, now maybe, this might be blasphemy. Maybe they don't want all that pressure sometimes. Sometimes they come up a little short in weird situations. This was one where Bradley literally did exactly what Zach Levine did at the end of the Blazers game. He turns the ball over, wasn't a jump ball, he just steps out of bounds, slips. 
No reason why they didn't call a timeout, but they didn't. Um, and well, they said, they said well, from what I heard, he was trying to get the foul, but then he slipped on, like, a wet spot on the floor. So I don't know how accurate – I don't know how true the wet spot is, story is, but, you know, Bradley don't seem like the type to lie about that. So, you know, I'm going to just roll with it. But, yeah, they said he slept, he stepped on a wet spot and fell. So, at that point, that's the that's the court people problem. That's all they're supposed to do, just make sure the, the court is dry. That's their whole job out there. Man, I did see I did see Bradley Bill's wife tweeting about the ball boys yesterday, and I didn't know what it was about, but now that makes sense. Yeah, Tatum Tatum slipped on the same wet spot earlier. That's why. That's why, like, they were making a scene out of it too, because they both fell on the same spot. Mm-hmm. Bradley Bill turned the ball over at the end of the freaking game, and they lost. Um, Tatum went to the basket for two layups, um, one to make it a one point game, then the turnover, and then he had another one to take the lead. Uh, Tatum did end up twelve to 22, 31 points out there. Um, very rarely efficient game for him. Kimba Walker, 21 points, eight assists, 717. They win the game with no Jalen Brown. Whoa. Russell Westbrook, 10 for 22, 24 points, 11 rebounds, five turnovers, one of five from deep, minus 12. God damn it, Russ. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a tough one. Like, this anytime. I saw some stat yesterday that said in the last 11 40-point games for Bradley Beal, they have been all losses for the Wizards. <laughs> so, <hang on. laughs> so, so he's got to score 39, huh? <laughs> if, yeah, like if he would have scored 39, maybe they would have had a chance. I don't know what it is, but anytime they, they ask too much of Bradley Beal, it seems like it's not, you know, in their best interest. And, you know, to last night, that was one of those cases where he did get the hot hand. Anytime a player gets that hot, like, you can't really fault him for it, but it really takes out the, the, the you know, shots from the other guys. Like, Rui should have got more than five shots, even though he was one for five shooting. And they just got no production on anybody else. And for the Celtics, this is – a team that you should beat because they had no Jalen Brown. They've been struggling as of late. And Kimball was okay. He scored 21 on 7-17. Well, that's not – that's actually a good game for Kimball. 21 points. Tice gave you 20. You got 31 from Jason Tatum, so you'll take that. And everybody else was, you know, average. So you'll take that as well. You got eight from Green – five from Thompson, pretty much about everybody kind of in that same range of scoring. And that was just enough to compliment, you know, Jason Tatum's 31 to, to help get the victory for the Celtics. I'm actually surprised at the result. I would have picked Washington to win, but it was a one point game. So it was a tight race. It could have gone either way, but it just happened to go the Celtics way. Hey, man, if you want Rui to shoot the ball more, tell Russ to stop shooting it 22 times, please. <laughs> Bradley, I'm not telling him to shoot the ball any less at all. He can shoot as much as he wants. He can shoot that bitch 50 times if he wants to. Like Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dom, what were your thoughts? 
I mean, it just came down to a last-second collapse. That's really all it came down to. The Wizards should have won this game. They were up, they were up three with like thirty seconds left. But if, I mean, if we're gonna compare them to the Bulls, they had a Bulls moment. <laughs> like, you know, this is as as good as their offenses. They're a team that can't play defense, and that's the that's the struggles of both teams, and that's what you know. Teams like that have to go through. Teams like that. I can't play any defense. Had to go through last second shots. And you know, we'll talk about another team later that doesn't play defense, even though they're supposed to play defense, who lost on pretty much a last second dunk. But you know, I mean, that's just what happens with teams that don't play that good of defense. So they collapse in the end because you, because it's as good as, as good as it is to score, you can't keep scoring. Unless you have three MVPs on your team. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you're going to have three MVP candidates right there on the same team, then I mean, you know, that offense isn't going to go anywhere. But when you only got one, he's not even an MVP candidate, but, you know, when you got one real scorer on your team and then another, like, half score, then, you know, it's just not going. It's just not going to be the same result. And Washington has been good, but again, you know, that's what happens sometimes. I think they outplayed the Celtics. They just collapsed at the end. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm gonna need you to not continue to try to just jump forward. I know you're excited. All right, I know you really want to talk about it, but you already got. You already made us skip the game once, so we got. We got to talk about this other one. But yeah, no, I mean, you know. Yeah, when you have a hat, when you have one, you know, best score in the league, and another guy's half score, half turnover machine, that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> this is what you're gonna see sometimes. And Especially be a minus, <laughs> be a minus twelve. But we talked about it, bro. If Russ is if Russ is just zero, they go on winning streaks. Yeah, but if he's a minus, that's the Russ that everyone. That's the Russ the Celtics needed, man, and they got one. Um, yeah. Moving on, so I see I see now what's going to happen, right? I see the vision. I see exactly how LeBron is going to get this MVP. He's going to play all the other MVP candidates, and they're just going to shut them out. And that's how they're going to try to do this. Lakers win 117-91. Steph Curry, 16 points, man. Seven assists, five of 13. It's just not good enough. No one from the Warriors played well at all. Um, Uber did go 6-10, but he was a minus 24 as well. I mean, just no one could do anything. They were just turning the ball over 20 turnovers in this game um, for them. And the Lakers just came out and they just started hitting every three. Um, Gold State, as we know, they, they said, Steph, you're not going to be open. And the whole team, eight for 34 from deep. For Lakers, 11 to 31. It's not great, but hey, man, it's a lot better than eight. And they got to the free throw line 19 more times because they're just a bigger team. LeBron, 19 points. Um, Schroeder, plus 32 out there, 12 points. Assists. He was pressing Steph the whole way. Just bothering them. This game was just so weird because the Lakers really just came out and stomped them. And they really didn't have to play their starters that much. No one played more than 25 minutes for them. Um, and they just kind of sat them the whole second half. It's what, you know, they were doing early in the season. Um, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? The Lakers played the Warriors the way they're the way that teams are supposed to play them. You know, they just they just attack stuff. And it, they let Schroeder just just be all energetic, all on Steph. And if Steph ever broke free, 
and it was a double. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, they're just like, if we lose to Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, motherfucking everybody else, then you know what? We're just going to lose this fucking game. And they let Pascal have 18. They ain't care. <laughs> they ain't give a fuck that Pascal had 18. They ain't care about, you know, Oubre only having 14. I don't know what Wiggins was doing out there. Wiggins ain't do shit. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was, they, it was, that shit was all on stuff. So, you know, that's just not going to be, that's just not going to win them any games. Yeah, Wiggins going to double him the whole game. Yep. Every screen he was getting doubled. The Lakers were not trying to let ESPN have an interesting game. <laughs> not like last time where I think, the Warriors came from behind and won. They're like, all right, you know what? We got Schroeder back. We don't want to mess around. We want to win these games. We want to kind of go for that one seat. They're still right there. So they went out there and got yeah. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is tough for Golden State. Obviously, they're playing against, you know, uh, higher quality opponents than they are. And, you know, losing Draymond early in the game, I don't know if it'll be an injury that's, Want to keep them out for a you know long period of time, but you know, like you guys said, Steph Curry got bottled up. They attacked him on the defensive end, made him work, and he just didn't have enough. Like he went five of thirteen, scored sixteen, but this game was over before it even started. The Lakers scored forty-one in the first quarter. Golden State only managed twenty-one. They beat him 32-23 in the second quarter, and that was the game right there. Like, this is a first-half game. A rare game where you just see it, you know, Golden State get blown out. They're not a team that gets blown out a lot. And they have Steph Curry. He's obviously an MVP candidate. So you expect them to have a chance at least. But this is the Lakers team that won a championship last year. Obviously, no Anthony Davis, but – if they're going to get, you know, a plus 32 from Schroeder and he's going to be able to play some of the defense that he played, they're going to uh, they're going to be right back in the thick of things where they were last year. I think a lot of people have them pegged that way, but, you know, they've been struggling lately and trying to figure out how to return to form. But LeBron was great. He scored 19 in the first half – well, in his – 24 minutes throughout the first three quarters, set the entire fourth. He was a plus 18. Marcus Marquise Morris was a plus 18. Not really much you can say about the Lakers. Like we'll we'll see them. We'll probably see them in the finals, honestly, against the Nets. And once we have that matchup, we'll all get to see what happens. But for right now, the Lakers should probably be the favorite in the West, and I don't think, you know, any other team right now can dethrone them. Nope. One thing I will say, I have to apologize to Dennis Schroeder. I've been telling him to get over it, go on the bench. He's kind of too important, because he just he yeah. allows LeBron the ability to just kind of chill for a little bit out there if he, cho- if he so chooses to. LeBron's like, all right, Schroeder, go ahead. Just do something. Do whatever the fuck do something mm-hmm. I don't have to do it and yeah exactly and that's all he needs out there sometimes because then he can just decide all right I mean the back breaking thing about the first quarter of the game was 
it was like, you know, it was never cl- – I mean, they just came out and started stopping them. But it was the fact Mark Gasol started off with nine, and it was like, damn, not Mark Gasol. And then LeBron just started just chilling, hitting threes. And I was like, oh, so they just all going to hit. And the Warriors just couldn't score. And, that, and they really – they just went down 20. They only lost the rest of the game by six. They just went down 20, like, in the first quarter. And it was like, okay, well, that's the end of this. And it's all – it's all Lakers really needed. All right, guys. Last game is actually the first one on Sunday. Um, <laughs> the Bucks end up beating the Clippers 105-100. Kawhi Leonard, 10 for 21, 25 points, but not good enough down the stretch. Paul George, 7 for 21. The sad thing about that 7 for 21 is during the game, I was like, man, Paul George isn't playing that bad, but he was. Um, Lou Williams even tried to get him 5 for 11, 14 points, and my proclaimed best player on the team really let me down, man. Pat Bev, mic'd up Pat Bev, 2 for 8, minus 19 out there. Um, awful in 26 minutes. Hey, Amen. But – Giannis Antetokounmpo was not yawn today. 36 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, four blocks, 15 of 27 shooting. Um, podcast hero DJ Augustine, plus 17 and 26 minutes in the starting lineup. Drew Holiday came back. He was a plus 10 off the bench. And he was one of five. And Chris Middleton, six for 14, 19 points, eight assists. So all players on the Bucks. Um, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? Yeah, this one was just about too much Giannis. Like, you know, Giannis was 36 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. He made two threes. You got, you know, 19 and eight and six from Chris Middleton. And you got just enough from everybody else. Like Bobby Portis almost was in double figures. DiVincenzo had 11, 10 from Brook Lopez. And for the Clippers, you know, they just need – they need a point guard. They need a real point guard out there. To have Paul George lead the team in assists, that's not a good sign because it shows that he's, A, playing out of position because that's not a role you want him in. You want him in a scoring role. If you want the ball in anyone's hands, it's going to be Kawhi's. You want the ball in his hand, hands the most. But obviously, that's not a role best suited for him either. And Batum, three of six shooting with eight points, not enough. Didn't get enough off the bench. Just there's a lot of weaknesses in this Clippers team. Like going into the season last year, there was a lot of expectations and how they collapsed in the bubble. You know, those expectations have simmered a little bit. And I think now we've kind of got a large enough sample size to kind of get a gauge of who the Clippers are. And I think it proves that they're not, you know, one of the, they're not a true championship contender because I think they have a star player that's trying to play the role of a superstar because I don't quite think Paul George is the, the level of player that they need for them to have a true dynamic duo, if you if you will. Dom, what are your thoughts? 
I mean, I think it just came down to this. The Clippers are one of the worst fourth quarter teams of all time. We saw it. We saw the collapse in the bubble. And, you know, it, it, it's just been it's been happening, even though they've been winning most of their games when they do lose for the most part. There's been a lot of fourth quarter collapses. They don't have a true closer. Lou Will was supposed to be their closer, but he hasn't been the same this year. And at least with the Bucks, even though Giannis isn't a closer either, at least they have Middleton out there that they have to respect closing. So, you know, it, it that's that's kind of what led to the to the dunk. That's kind of what led to like the, the game winning dunk that Giannis had. So, you know, it just came down to the fact that the Clippers can't really close games. I this was interesting because it was one of the rare times where I saw him play against a team that I thought was maybe better. And I was like, wow, Giannis is like easily the best player out here. Now he has obviously the MVP seasons. He's had, you know, great games against people. Um, But I think that the Clippers wanted to win this game. And, you know, we talked about how Bach isn't quite the same. But they couldn't do any – I mean, Kawhi – I mean, we know they, they also are a fake defensive team. We know all these things. But it was like, damn. Like, Giannis really is doing anything he wants on these guys. And I don't know if he could do that against other teams. Like you said, the Clippers aren't quite a championship contender. And we have to keep in mind that the last two times Giannis has lost to teams, even though it's been early – well, earlier than you'd want, I guess, because everyone does forget, including myself right there, that it was a conference finals loss – but to the team that won the championship, and the last time they lost was to the Heat, who went to the finals and beat the Celtics pretty easy, too. You know, Celtics get more calls than the Bucs do. Um, but so, yeah, and I think it's, like, interesting. They're just – we already knew this. They're just, like – they're just going to be the best out of the teams that can't compete for a championship at, at this point. Now, one thing yeah. I think that could elevate them – is I actually really liked what I saw at the DJ Augustine. Like, because he can pass the – I mean, the, these two teams have the same problem. They don't have a point guard, right? But mm-hmm. Drew Holiday off the bench can make those guys effective enough, right? Like, they were – I mean, Ford was still a minus 13. Ford was still a minus 12. But they can be like, you know, Connaughton – had seven points. They can score enough because he can get the offense going. Or whenever he's on the court, he just does enough. So he can kind of offset what, you know, if, if Middleton or Giannis are going to be off the court. Because my idea, obviously, was DiVincenzo on the bench. Um, but I think Augustine does enough when they're starting to where DiVincenzo and Middleton can both kind of jack. And then Giannis can get enough, you know, points off of just rebounds or off of easy rolls because now there's a there's kind of two people who can kind of pass the ball in Middleton Augustine. Even Dante just can't pass the ball or shoot free throws, which I found out yesterday. But he can't pass the ball. So you know what? That's fine. He's not, Drew Holiday would work off the bench. Now they're never gonna do it, obviously, for a multitude of reasons. Um but I mean, you know, it's just something that I noticed would work. Maybe if they staggered the minutes or something like that, that might be something that could be effective. But yeah, as we know. This is, again, a team you can't really judge. They came from behind. I think they're – I saw a game earlier in the season, and they were literally 0 for 11 when they when they entered the fourth quarter losing. That's Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably were 0 and 12 heading into this game. But, I mean, you know, if there's any team to come back on, it's the Clippers. But they did it. So 
It is what it is. That's that's the Clippers, man. I mean, they have the same they have the same problem. The, the difference is, is to me, they have a guy there who can do it. They just don't use him. But Tum is right there. He can be a point forward. Just give him the ball. And he doesn't even want to shoot, but he can't just be in the corner being guarded by DJ Augustine. Just give him the ball and let him let him be Boris Diaz. That's who he is. But they just don't let him do it. If they just let him do that, everyone would get so much easier shots. It wouldn't be on Paul George to shoot seven for 21. But, I mean, of course, as Paul George says, you know, he needs to be in the pick-and-roll action, you know, or else he's getting you fired. So, whatever, man. This team just are what they are. This is why I said yeah. – go ahead. You know what I just noticed? The Clippers shot seven free throws as a team. They don't go into any potty. They don't drive. Kawhi drives. Actually, you know what? Let me take that back. Paul George never gets calls. I will say that. He doesn't get any calls. Yeah. He went to the basket way too much to have zero free throws. Not zero. He was attacking the rim. He didn't get any of them. Not, not one call. It's kind of crazy he didn't get one. But they don't – they choked that one lead, and now no one respects him. Players don't respect him. Refs don't respect them. It's crazy. But they choked another lead. So I don't know. It's like – it's kind of like that's how that's going to work. Very, very interesting. Um, so let's get into it. Darnell, game of the weekend, player of the weekend, coach of the weekend, dickhead of the weekend. All right, so for my player of the weekend, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker scored 43 points last night against the – who did they play? Timberwolves. Well, the Timberwolves. 43 points against the Timberwolves last night. Timberwolves obviously aren't a great team, but, you know, 43 is still 43. For my game of the weekend – I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Charlotte Sacramento last night. One possession game, really close, really uh, nail biter. Charlotte climbed out of a deficit late in the game. They come back and win. So I'm gonna go with that for my coach of the weekend. I'm gonna go with Tom Thibodeau for having the Knicks currently in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference with a 18-17 record, closing in on all-star break above 500, something that a lot of people didn't see coming. So I'm going to go with Tom Thibodeau, my coach of the year of the weekend. And for my dickhead of the weekend, it's got to go to the Rockets. The Rockets lost last night. 133-84. They lost another game. I don't know how many in a row this is now, but it's just crazy the stretch that they're on. And another blow. They offered Victor Oladipo a two-year contract extension. He turned the offer down. They just lost James Harden. It's looking really bleak for Houston's future. Good thing they have all those draft picks. So that's what I got. Damn. 
They also lost Boogie Cousins. Tough scene. Tough scene. Dom, what are your answers? Um, <clears throat> I would say my game of the weekend would be Washington and Boston. I'd say my player of the weekend would be Giannis. I'd say my coach of the weekend would be – I'll say it's Scott Brooks because he really did almost win that game. And, you know, even it was a missed time out of the way from them winning the game. So I'll, I can give it to Scott Brooks. And then I don't really have a dickhead of the weekend. Ooh, what the hell? All right. Whatever. <laughs> Mine <laughs> – Player of the weekend, actually, I'm giving it to LeBron James because now he's he's he he did it. Now I you can't even not call him MVP because it he really does just need one other dude there. Now Schroeder's there; they just win two in a row, and then they beat two semi well one semi MVP candidate and one who was, in our opinion, like in the thick of it, and Dame Lillard and Steph. And now he he beat he beat Dame when he had 35, and he just destroyed Steph. I mean, they just killed them. Made that look really making that look really bad, honestly. Because I don't think the Lakers are that much better than the Warriors than I need to be, but that's that's how it looked out there. Um, my game of the weekend, gotta give it to Celtics Wizards. It's a crazy game, even though the outcome was not what we wanted. Hey man, it happened. Tatum closed, they got two layups. Um, and our, our guys, our guys just fell up a little short. Coach of the weekend, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go Tom Thibodeau. He just just has been just really good this season. And we we were we were laughing at him early. We were like, man, you're gonna make him tired. But the GM there has done a great job of doing one thing. That's giving them a lot of depth. So now he has a lot of people we can make tired. And you know what? He's kind of using them. He's using them all, making them all not quite as tired as we had in the all-star uh weekend. And man, they're doing exactly what they need to do. My dickhead. Of the weekend, it's a tough one, but I'm gonna pick one because you know what? We don't we don't run away from the questions. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the. You know what? The ESPN announcers on Sunday—they all just made me mad. Doris Burke started off. They both they started off both of them. Doris Burke and Mark Jones with this same old tired narrative. Oh. Paul George is proving the doubters wrong. Then I watched him go seven for 21 and nothing. Um, and the ass. And they were like, man, yeah, Paul George, this, he's doing it because of the people who are doubting him. And then they just obviously down the stretch, they don't talk at all about how he just didn't do anything because they couldn't because they put themselves in that hole. And I'm going to go, I don't even remember who it was last night. Whoever it was, they were talking so much about how Draymond Green is such a great passer. Such a great assist guy. And he is. He's all of those things. I believe he's top 10 in league in assists. Then I watch him go out there and get two. Because as great of an assist as he is, they don't let Steph get open. He ain't passing it to nobody. So, you know what? ESPN announcers, y'all can have that. And um, thank you. Thank you, ESPN, man. Y'all really doing your jobs out there. I do got to say. Make it easy. Um, Tonight... We got some interesting games, Pacers, Sixers. Man, if we don't beat them, I don't care. I don't give a fuck if I sit there. Better beat them bums. Um, 
Jazz Pelicans, Nets Spurs is an interesting one, and Hornets Blazers. Can't wait for that tonight. So for Darnell Jones and for Dom, this was Demetrius, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Later. Triple D deuces. <laughs>